0: Hello and welcome to the third episode of Mikey G and Friends. I just want to thank you guys for taking the time to listen. You know, week after week, I'm trying to bring these stories of my friends to you. And so I hope that today is quite another awesome experience of listening to another story. In case you haven't had the chance to hear the last two stories and interviews with my friends Darian King and DJ Don. DJ Daniel Johnson. I hope that you will take the time to listen to those interviews and that you'll truly get something from them. Now today I'm super excited and before I start introducing this guest I have to tell you there were some technical difficulties with this. You will hear some feedback. You will hear some glitches in the recording but what I want to tell you is that the reason why I still posted this podcast episode despite the difficult technological um, difficulties is because this story is so inspiring. So today I have my friend Eve Valdez from Pomona, California on the podcast. And let me tell you, after interviewing Eve, I came away with thinking, man, Eve needs to write a book or make a movie about her story. It's quite inspiring. Now, Eve is the assistant to the director, the director of programs, the office receptionist for the Youth and Family Club in Pomona, which is a club that helps kids better their education through fun, learning, and mentorship. They're open Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m., and serve kids in Pomona from the ages of kindergarten to 17 years old. But what I really want you to hear in this episode is what God has done in the story of Eve. Now, Eve has been through some tragic things. And so I want to put a little disclaimer on this episode. If you're driving, if you're running, if you're walking, you may want to sit down and listen to this. You may want to grab a box of tissues. You may want, if you struggle with uh, suicide or harmful thoughts, I would advise you maybe to think before you listen to this episode because she does share some traumatic experiences, but what I want you guys to do is learn from Eve, hear her story, and think about how you can use her story to make somebody else's life better today. And so without further ado, here's my conversation with my good friend, Eve Valdez. All right, so I am here with Eve Valdez, and so we are sharing her story on this Mikey G and Friends podcast. So I have a few questions for her. She's going to share some about her past, some of her struggles that she overcame to be where she is now. She's going to share some of the things that uh, God is doing in and through her in the present in the city of Pomona, and then she's going to share some of the dreams that she has for the future. And so the first question that I have for you is, what are you doing for work? What uh, keeps you busy? Obviously you're an expecting mom. And so that's exciting. Uh, First child?
1: Yes, my first baby.
0: Okay, how are you feeling? When's the due date?
1: First, thank you so much for inviting me here today. I'm so happy to be sharing my testimony with all of your viewers and listeners. But how I'm doing is no sleep, super stressed, like you said, busy all the time, so much things to worry and panic about and do and think about and prepare for and and all that comes with being a first-time mom. So just dealing with that, but I'm so grateful. I'm so excited every single day just seeing the baby set up and just wanting to meet my little creature, my little personality. I like
0: that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) yes a little creature literally she's she i always think about this that i literally made her out of fish hot dogs cereal everything that i (laughs) eat and made a baby it's it's so weird
0: fish hot dogs and cereal there you go (laughs) (laughs) that that is your staple diet huh (laughs) yes (laughs) and so i know that you just recently started a new role um with the new organization uh and so can you share a little bit about that specifically with us
1: yeah so i recently transferred to an organization called the youth and family club in pomona so there i'm the assistant of the director and the program director as well as being the front receptionist so there's a lot that goes into all three categories but overall the mission of the organization is to provide educational services for all the youngsters from kindergarten all the way up to 17 years old to pour into their lives, mentor, and be there for them from 7 a.m. all the way to 6 p.m. So it's really good just to be there all day with them, feed them, eat with them. It's awesome.
0: And so uh, what is uh, one thing that you feel you're passionate about? Whether it is your work, whether it is the experience that you're getting in your current field, Or maybe just outside of that, you know, sometimes people have passions that are not specific work related, but what is one thing that you find yourself passionate about right now?
1: The number one thing that I would be that I am passionate about is sharing my testimony and just putting that um, realization into other people's lives that, that there's more to life than just working and working to, for retirement and you know there's a lot more magic that goes into it and I share my personal my, my personal testimony with God to show them that there's a lot more goodness and experiences and magic that that's accessible so no matter what whether I'm at my grandma's house I'm always talking about God and the crazy things that he's doing just to try to like um influence like more more prayer and just to get more curious about God and you know I do it to my little sisters out you know especially outside of work but um usually you know the topic always finds itself to mm. to be brought up.
0: Yeah, and so maybe for you, what I hear you saying is that your passion is telling in a story, your story specifically, but then how that is being shaped by God, knowing that we serve a big God, and sometimes people think he's so small, and maybe you're trying to expand people's vision of who God is and who God could be for their lives.
1: Most definitely. There's the possibilities that come with that.
0: And so uh, I know you said one of your favorite passions or one of the things you love to do is sharing your testimony of how God has worked in your life. And I know that that was one of the things that really opened my eyes, especially I've been doing urban youth ministry for three years now. Um, but going to these different conferences, one of the things that I really appreciate is hearing directly and very clearly how urban youth ministry affect students lives and so uh our friend Eric Vasquez who's the director of Justice for Youth had you on the panel of students and that's how I really got to know you um and so I think your story has impacted my life and has impacted my work and the passion that I have for my work but can you share maybe just a bit about your story, maybe how much ever or how little ever you're comfortable with sharing?
1: Of course, but just for the sake of time, I like to sum it up in like a year periods. So from zero to eight years old, um, I was homeless. You know, my mom with it hanging around with a lot of gangbusters out there in Azusa. So I just grew up in a very hostile environment. There I was tortured and used for things and in order for her to get money, you know, from zero to eight years old. So, but there was just a lot of physical and sexual abuse and I'm having to see a lot of um, uh, traumatizing things. So then when I was eight years old, that's when the cops had found me and my two little sisters. They picked us up, put us into foster care. about a year and there was really hard because we had to learn how to eat how to hold the spoons how to shower how to do all the basics how to talk um correctly pronounce um you know words correctly so we couldn't go to school yet and plus um the our foster parents they were um only spanish speaking so that was really hard they made us rub their feet and just do things that i feel like we just weren't um entitled to do and then when Um, my grandma finally found us we were i was nine years old she took us into her custody and from there we i started my first year of school in fourth grade and um, there she started to get very verbal and physically abusive because i wasn't doing good in school Um, I didn't want to go to school, I was so depressed, I was angry all the time, and she didn't understand why. She thought I was ungrateful because she provided me a place to stay with food and a bed, so she would always yell and scream at me, or if I was crying too much, because I would cry all the time, she would put me in the garage, or when I would have like bad grades. She would take literally everything away till the only thing I had was a blanket and one outfit for school and one outfit to go to sleep in. And I would sleep on the hall floor, that's it, you know. So it was just really hard when, you know, the reason why I didn't want to go to school is because I've never been to school. I don't understand the purpose of school. I don't, you know, I don't, you know, I, my grandpa, I, they took me away from my grandpa and stuff like I had you know I was just a really really troubled kid and I didn't know the reason for life I didn't know anything because I was just um, tortured you know for the first eight years of my life so it was just really hard adjusting to to a normal life so then when I hit 13 and a half I started self-harming and she found out and that's when she kicked me out she said it was disgusting because I used her knives and how I'm disrespectful and ungrateful so she kicked me out so 13 and a my first year of homelessness all the way up to 19 years old and so during that time i was involved in um gang gang relations and drug and um drugs drugs like marijuana and also um sorry there's a lot (laughs) dropped out of high school twice and just did a lot of bad things that i didn't want to do but i had to and just turned into someone who i wasn't And um, when I was 19 years old, I had a near-death experience. And then there, for some reason, I was changed 100% completely. I heard God's voice. And ever since then, weird things started happening afterwards. I was happy. (laughs) That was weird. That happened. And I was nice. Um, I started telling the future. God started giving me even more signs by sending people into my life that were Christ-centered and um, pointing me towards churches. And so there I started getting a lot of um, uh, like uh, future telling. I started seeing the future. So I told my grandma, like, I don't know what's happening to me. If Something happened to my brain while, you know, I died or what, I don't know what's going on. She said to talk to my pastor about it. And he said that it was like the, a gift from the Holy Spirit called prophecy. I started tripping out. I was like, this stuff is is more than I thought it was. You know, like God is really, is really here. And I, I can't believe I was... You know, doing all this bad stuff and letting all this stuff get to me, and I did a lot of research during like my first month of um, recovery from a a collapsed lung. That's how I, how I died. And I was like, does God really want me to stop smoking? Is that why he collapsed my lung? Is is this for real? Just because I smoked most of my entire life, and I was like, why? You know, why is God against this and stuff? But there's a lot of Bible verses i went i searched a hundred google websites there's nothing that says otherwise like no god's not god's not for that and stuff so i ended up giving that up and god just blessed me with house after house i've i've never been homeless since since that night that i that i died and um I started going to church literally Monday through Sunday, literally every single <laughs>
0: yeah, all day. Yes. All day. <laughs> I,
1: I was in it. I was so, um, I, I, mean, I can't even find the word. I was just so amused with, with what I just found. It's just like finding like a magic, you know, alter- alternative world that's around you, you know, and I just wanted to know more about it and how to tune in and, you know, learn more about how to access God and how to understand him and stuff and there, just I witnessed so many crazy experiences with God so with people speaking in tongues and people healing each other and people falling down in the spirit I'm like I've never seen none of this before (laughs) I died you know this stuff is crazy so it's, it's just been an awesome journey with God and you know um, I got a, an amazing offer to work with the um, nonprofit we've been speaking about justice for youth and I got to evangelize through there more and get on put put on more more platforms to speak my story and access more youth to be able to change and show them that God is real and that God is powerful and that they can change their lives you know and just if not even that just give them an open mind because at the end of the day I I know that when they hear my story, they, they say they trip out. That's the word, trip out, (laughs) you know, and they want to know more and stuff and they want to know like, or they call me, ask me to pray for them. So it's nice to see, you know, the impact of what a story can do.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, as somebody who heard your story given at a conference, given at a workshop, I mean, your story impacted me for sure. And I got to see how it impacted kind of the people around me and, you know, all of us were kind of like, Whoa, this this is crazy. And so um, I know you said a lot, you know, a lot has happened in your life. It's kind of like any urban issue you could think of in the entire playbook has happened in your life. And so as you kind of grow into a young woman, how do you think those experiences have really molded you and shaped you and shaped your understanding of yourself
1: so growing as a young woman having to been through all this stuff it has prepared me for anything and especially Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um just how I wake up I'm just so happy and so grateful for every single little thing you know I know a lot of people they they're not grateful for like like the bed they sleep in or like the family that they have or like you know the socks and the shoes and you know even the little bit amount of money or their car or you know and just like now just being so stable I'm just I can't I'm like the happiest person in the world even though I mean I have it all (laughs) even though I'm broke even though I'm you know a single mom like it's you know there's a lot you know that goes into it but I couldn't be more happy. I like every day when I'm at work, I'm just like, I can't believe I'm doing this right now. Like, you know, (laughs) it trips me up. So it makes me a more happier person. And so, um, I'm more strong, I'm stronger than I was before, um, because I'm able to push through a lot of the hardships because they're not hardships to me, you know, like a lot of people can, I, especially at work, try to bring me down or in the family, um, still try to bring me down, try to tell me who I was and stuff. But um, I'm still reminded every single day, like I have access to God and God is here with me, and I'm doing something even bigger than you know what they're doing by putting me down. And so it's like nothing bothers me, you know. Like I know I'm on the right path and stuff. So I'm real. It's made me a more um, what's the word I'm looking for? Focused person. So it's made me be. Be able to be more um, confident in doing things like college and working for a nonprofit and um, helping the director and being able to say, like, I can do these things, you know, like, I'm going to push through.
0: Yeah, it's almost like when you've gone through something hard, then you have the ability to take that something hard and either turn it into something that propels you into your future, something that crushes you. And I've seen both with urban youth, you know, either you're crushed by your circumstances or you use your circumstances to rise above to become successful. And so that's an example of you where you rose above the struggle and you went and turned it into what your life is now. But also this idea of like, when you're privileged, which me, you know, and a lot of my friends, a lot of my listeners are, When we're privileged, we don't take the little things, you know, to be grateful for the little things. But when you come from a story like you do, it's like every little thing that you have, you're more grateful for because maybe you went without it before.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Like even because I'm really into like to-do lists and like calendars and stuff and I'm like, I can't believe I own a calendar. I can't believe I'm writing a freaking to-do list right now. Like my life is so good. Like I'm so normal, you know? (laughs) Just trip out like, dang, like this is crazy. You know, I always think about it because, you know, I still work in Pomona and I just remember like selling drugs out there and, you know, just like dropping out of high school, just rolling around. I'm like, oh my gosh, like God, God is one crazy person. I kind of feel possessed sometimes. Like, who am I, you know? Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) And so what are people's reactions? Because I'm sure you working in your community, you working around these people that maybe you were affiliated with them or you were doing drugs with them or you were getting into stuff with them now they see you working for this youth organization. Now they see you trying to stay on the right track. Like, what is their reactions to this, and how do you use those
1: reactions to kind of influence them? So, some of them started going to church with me. So, after I told them my story and stuff, and I'm like, y'all gotta come see this. This is for real. He's (laughs) like, this is crazy stuff, you guys. Like, let's go to church. You know? And the when the church people would come with their bands and stuff and they would pick up all my homies from this place called shark park and then they would come in the car and then they would all go to church even though they were all high and drunk and you know all out there all day or homeless like they would still come with me and then um what did i called her my white mom you know, because she took me when I was 16 <laughs> <laughs> and she was, she always drank Starbucks all the time. She was a math teacher, you a know, classic
0: was, white woman, yes. drinking Starbucks, <laughs> math teacher. My mom's going to listen to this and my mom's white. She drinks Starbucks and she loves math.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, create creates her own little DIY like stuff, you know what I mean? so she was just awesome like she made me she packed me lunch and all that stuff so after i died and all that i moved back in with her i was 19 and then every single morning i would go up to up to that street that street that park i was talking about the street and i would drop off um a bag of food to my friend that was homeless up there his name was amir holloway and so i would drop off that food to him every single morning pray with him tell him about god hear him out you know listen to him, hang out with him, go back home, do what I got to do for every single day for like months. She saw mm. what I was doing and she wanted to meet him. So she started bringing him over for dinner, too. So we started having him over for dinner and stuff. And then he was just like, wow, you know, like he saw that God changed my life and he wanted to get out of his situation, too. So he was like, Um, if I do, you know, what you do and serve God and love God, like, you know, maybe he'll like, help me out of my situation, and so we would always pray, we'd always go to church together, and then one day, my white mom said, like, Amir, like, you can come live with us, you know, and we'll mm-hmm. help you get a job, we'll help you do all this, and that, like, completely changed his life, and he started, like, focusing on God more, and he, that's when he saw, you know, the, the realism of God, And the power, the the opportunities that God will bring and, you know, the love that God showed him and that he saw him, you know, and that he puts, he makes and uses um, hardships in order, I mean, and uses that to get you closer to him, you know, because some people, they need to have nothing at all because for him personally, his pride was very, very big super big in high school his pride was huge and now that he had nothing anymore you know his mom and his grandma died he didn't have no one you know and he was just out he used to be spoiled he used to pick me up in lifts in high school you know like his mom paid for everything and just yeah. seeing him like that you know like he was humbled down you know sleeping on a blanket outside of the park you know only 18 years old and so he found god started seeing um what he what god can do for him in his life the power that that he had was accessible to just by prayers you know and he fell in love with god so it was good seeing how god changed his life and always put him where he needed to be and that was that was powerful
0: man i love i love when you speak because it's like Whenever I hear you speak, and I've heard you speak at a couple conferences, and now hearing you speak now, it's like, I'm about to go run through a freaking brick wall to do urban (laughs) youth ministry. (laughs) Yeah, it's so crazy. But, uh, you know, I have some friends who are youth workers, youth leaders, and so I know we're kind of going off script. I promise you, you know, I gave you questions beforehand, but, uh, you know, it's a podcast, so it's conversation. But... uh, what specifically do you think you know you called this lady your white mom what specifically do you think that she did in your life because i have a lot of youth workers who will listen to this what specifically do you think she did in your life that impacted you in such a great way
1: she was the seed to my relationship to god she Mm -hmm. was absolutely that seed that that was planted in there I know that for sure because that's the first time that anyone's ever shown me love before at all. And it was the most, like, even think about it right now, I'm about to cry. You know what I mean? Because it was just something completely different. She treated me like her own daughter. She wrote me um, notes every day for my lunch. She put me back in high <laughs> school. Yeah, like, that was, like, the most amazing thing ever. Just, I'm like, I have a parent for the first time in my life, you know, who loves me and stuff. She would um, take me everywhere with her, grocery shopping to her friend's house, to church. And it was awesome. She, she, um, I would make lunch with her and everything. She, she taught me so much and no one has ever put that much time in, you know, in me or has never wanted me to be around them so much. Or, you know, she would pray for me all the time. We would hang out. We would do literally everything together. You know what I mean? Watch movies. Yeah. She gave me, um, a uh, um, like a mommy and me book. You
0: know,
1: and I was like 16 years old. Like, she treated me like her baby. You know what I mean? She was awesome. Um, Yeah, she taught me how to garden. She, you know, took me around and um, uh, had me meet her family. She's like, This is my daughter. You know, everything was so amazing. And like, she helped me through my addiction with marijuana and cigarettes. Like, she would be, I would be like feeding for it, you know, have like withdrawal. She would just be hugging me, I'll be crying. Um, I could talk to her about anything and she was always there to like love me hang out with me and to read the bible with me and she showed me like she like showed me the power of God and it was crazy to see how much she loved God and how her life surrounded by God and how good her life was you know and so that's how um, I just like fell in love with like who she was and after you know having that near-death experience I understand like like the how God flows out of you, you know? And so yeah. I know like that was my seed because I um I loved how how she represented God and I see that now. You know, she wasn't judgmental, you know, she wasn't harmful. She you know what I mean? She really lived up to herself and she really made that um like my um ideal person to be when I when I turned into a Christian, you know. i want to be like
0: her that's crazy because you know so oftentimes us youth workers think we need to create a new program we need to create a new plan we need to preach a 45-minute sermon that'll rock our teens world we need to create this homework club we need to create this youth group to be amazing and yet when you talk about the woman who impacted your life and planted the seed Which is a whole nother thing because you're saying, you know, knowing your story now, you didn't immediately give your life to Christ during, you know, during your friendship with this woman, right? No. And so that's just another idea of planting the seed. So often we think, oh yeah, planting the seed is just a phrase. But literally this woman planted a seed of Christ into your life just by her love, just by showing up just by teaching you how to garden, just by writing you notes. It was the simple things that planted the seed in your life. Yes. Huh.
1: Because I was just like this dirty little tatted up chola, little 16-year-old dropout, <laughs> you know, pulling up to this church. And I'm like, I need to get off the streets. I'm going to go back to high school. Like, can someone help me? And she was like, I'll do it. She didn't even know me you know I could have robbed her for everything in her house that night and just, you know left. Yeah. like you know she still took that chance and I'm just like you know i was so shocked and grateful and she treated me you know like her daughter and it was just really shocking to see the things that she was willing to do and and help from and help me with you know the patience that she had and I I saw God you know in her and stuff after I was um you know, saved. At first, I just thought yeah. she was a super nice white lady. Was super <laughs> rich, had a big pool, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, just seeing her and just seeing um, what God put me through, you know, it was all for a reason. And, and God put her in my life just to do that, you know, to love on me and to put me on the right path and to show me um, who God is, you know.
0: Yeah. And so, as you look towards your future, right when when did you say your
1: due date was again? December seventh.
0: December seventh. So we're we're about a month and a half away.
1: Yes. <laughs> As you here. look
0: towards your future, obviously one of the things that you're excited about is um, you know becoming a first time mom. But what do you hope for the future? What is what do you look forward to in the future? and like what is your desire for the future now that christ has done this amazing miracle work in your life like what do you hope for your future
1: well um in regards to also the white lady i look forward (laughs) to getting my master's degree and living comfortably just as she Mm, (laughs) mm. that's one of the things I I want to do but also because I want to be able to provide just like how she did for other people in their lives um too because all the time people are hitting me up like Eve I need this Eve I need that Eve I need money you can help me out Eve this Eve that I'm like girl I'm broke homies I'm broke too (laughs) like I'm right here with you you know what I mean so I feel like God is going to soon bring me into a season of just, like, blessing others, just how so all my community, you know, has blessed me, and and that's what I'm really waiting for, is just to give back to everybody, you know, but also, um, you know, of course, the the basics, like getting my own place and, you know, meeting my baby and um, excelling and being of excellence in the workplace and getting familiar with everyone and everything since we barely opened about three weeks ago. Yes. You know, so just um, living. I'm I'm, I'm already here, you know, so I'm just excited to just continue college and work and being a mom.
0: And so what are you studying right now?
1: So right now, uh, this is my first year of college. I'm a double major. Of course, I'm studying theology and psychology. Okay.
0: Okay. There you go, well, I feel like your passions are gonna really be used, you know? And, and studying's a piece of it, but you come from the school of hard knocks, you know? You come you come from the school of, you know, the streets. Oftentimes, you know, I, I didn't grow up that way, but I have like seen it now in my students. Um, it teaches you a lot more. And so you're already gonna have that knowledge under your belt, but then you take, you know, formal education and it's just gonna, god's going to use you to truly do some amazing incredible things as well just be a you know a wonderful mom and a wonderful you know family member and it's exciting thank
1: you yes i'm very excited
0: and, <laughs> and so if you had to give the younger you maybe 15 year old you struggling you know one word of advice what would you say cuz i have a lot of students listen to this some students who may be going through similar stuff as you mm-hmm. what would you say what advice would you give
1: well growing up i was i hated god because i was like why do i have to get tortured why do i have to be homeless for what like you know what what was the point of that like are you liking this you know like i came from a total place of anger like what i couldn't learn anything else like any other way you know like what are you trying to teach me so but now i understand Everything I went through was so I can evangelize and so I can show others the powerfulness and what God is capable of doing, you know, yeah. so that we serve a God that specializes in turning hardships into good things. And so what I would say is that to trust the process and that you're going through all this crap for a reason, because you're going to do a lot in life. That's what I would say. That's you know, like, I'm going to use all these experiences for good. Trust me, it will make you money. And I will be like, I'm in. That's what I would say.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. And so, uh, if you had to sum up your life's mission, you know, Eve does this. Eve wants to be this type of person. Eve wants to do this. How would you sum it up?
1: In one sentence... I would say you can use some more sentences if you need them. (laughs) Okay, some more sentences. Uh, Well, I would want to tell my the world my story to encourage change and to advocate for an open mind. So those two things are very important to me because if they don't walk away with wanting to give their their life to God, then at least have an open mind of what's accessible you know and what's out there and what's waiting for you so at least putting that chance and that opportunity for them like hey if anyone you know is experiencing something if you're experiencing something let this be your opportunity to let god show you what he can do for you and who he is you know what he has in store for you or to advocate uh, for change you know um do something crazy like give up something like how I gave up weed and see what's going to happen. You know, um, stop bullying people. See see what good things can come yeah. out of that. And um, like for me, my grandma, she was, uh, her name's Mean Jolene, literally, you know. After, <laughs> after I stopped, um, well, after I got saved, she was, she changed. She She's never been the same after I gave my life to God. You know? And so, just seeing the impact that it not only has on you, but on the your loved ones, it's it's more encouraging.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like God using your story to either inspire others who are in similar struggles or inspire people who don't care about others who are in that struggle to care about others that are in that struggle, you know? Because there's so many teens like you all over our communities. There's so many teens like you all over your community, Pomona, you know, all over my community. And so your story to inspire people to care about those teens that are struggling with that.
1: Yeah, because a lot of churches, they would just throw us away, you know, like you're banned. You're banned from this church, you're banned. But it's funny because the Bible literally says to love the outcast and then the churches are making them the outcast and so it's crazy you know so it's good that I get to speak to a lot of churches and stuff and to encourage them to be patient and to love on us that you know from the youth that comes from our background and you know to take the time and just to try to uh, you know not press God onto them the Bible but just like how the white lady did how she instead she just showed me love you know, yes. and that's how you can
0: show God. And that's how you can, like I said, plant that seed. I love it. I love it. Well, Eve, thanks for sharing your story. You know, we we had some technical issues. You guys don't even know the kind of technical issues we had. <laughs> but uh, I'm so glad that you came on here and shared your story for people who will listen to it, who will be inspired by it, who will feel encouraged by it. Um, and so... Thank you for coming on and sharing your story.
1: Absolutely no problem. Thank you so much for allowing me to do this because this is my passion.
0: <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, bless you. Uh, I'm excited to see how your life will unfold, how this new uh, mommy uh, life will unfold for you. And, uh, you can have it on the weekends. I know you asked you asked me before this recording if I had any kids and I said, Well, I kinda hope so but you know, it takes so much special to have kids, so bless <laughs> you in that system.
1: Yeah, thank you so much.